cannot hold our king down. He's risen. He is alive this morning. If you believe that, can you just lift up your voice this morning? And can you just worship him with your voice? Can you just lift your hands this morning? Thank you, Jesus. We are celebrating our king this morning. Say, death. Death could not hold you. Death could not hold my king down. You are the your hands this morning as a worship to the Lord today how many are thankful that death could not hold him down today you are the risen king seated in majesty oh you are the risen king can you just say lord i thank you for all that you've done for me today can you just lift your voice for a minute in thanksgiving and praise lord we love you today we are so thankful that you're in this room, that you're with us every day, Father. We are so excited about you coming and being a part of us. Lord, help us, Lord, to connect to you. Lord, let this not just be another Easter, but Lord, let me receive what you have from your word today. Can I get anybody in the house to help me? Lord, help me, Lord, to receive, to receive from your word today. And let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Down a little bit here in my monitors, Dan. I want you to be welcomed here at Pineview. I hope that you know that we are so thankful that you chose to worship with us on Easter Sunday morning. Can we give all of our guests another big hand of thanks for being here today? Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Ah, it's good to see every one of you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping with us. Today is Easter Sunday. And today, as Pastor Stefan has already proclaimed, Jesus the King is alive. Can I get an amen? There is something about the resurrection 
that separates us from every other religion. It separates us from all other things because we serve a God who is risen from the dead. We serve a God that is alive in our hearts and lives today. Can I get an amen? I want to talk to you just for a few moments today on this Easter Sunday about the King is alive. The importance for you to understand that He is alive is very, very important because if you do not believe He's alive, then you cannot serve a dead God. Can I get an amen? How many are glad you serve a living God in your life and in your heart and your spirit? We know that in the ancient of times that it was declared that the king was coming. That the Messiah would come to deliver the children of Israel and to save them from themselves. We know that the ancient prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, verse 9, I'm sorry, chapter 9 and verse 6, he records this for the foretelling of what would come in this king coming to earth. He says, for unto us a what? Child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called what? Wonderful. Someone shout wonderful. Someone shout counselor. Someone shout mighty God. Someone say everlasting father. And my favorite, the prince of your life, I'm going to tell you how much peace do you have in your soul today. There is chaos that's reigning all around us, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ was born for a purpose, and that purpose was to be wonderful in our counselor, to be our mighty God in the times of trouble, and to be our everlasting father and the prince of peace. The promise of the coming king was iterated throughout the Old Testament. Isaiah records it here. Later, Isaiah also records something that was very important to our New Testament experience. And the reason we're celebrating Easter today. That promise was of the coming resurrection. Listen as you read Isaiah 26 and 19 when he says this to the children of Israel. Your dead shall live. I want you to tell me, oh, Pastor, I got some dead stuff in my life. I got some things and dreams and I wish I could get them back uh, alive. God is here to speak to somebody today to say, your dead shall live again. That your body shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing with joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. We see that Isaiah prophesied not only the coming king, but he prophesied the coming resurrection. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here this morning. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, that prophet, he also wrote these words in chapter 12 and verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake to whatever lasting life. And some shall awake to what? Shall awake to shame and 
everlasting contempt. We understand through the resurrection that all mankind, every soul that's ever walked this planet uh, will experience a resurrection. Uh, but Daniel lets us see and we later learn through other prophets that there are two resurrections. And I don't know about you, but I want to be resurrected to eternal life. I want to be resurrected to, to a new life in Christ Jesus. We find that the prophet of old declared the king is, someone shout, the king is coming. And with him comes the power of the resurrection. The king is not just coming, but he is coming for a purpose. The king is just not going to show up and set up a kingdom, although some of his disciples uh, thought that that's exactly what he was going to do. They argued about who would serve at his right hand. Uh, we understand that man in our attempt to, to build our own lives, we develop and engage with earthly kingdoms. I'm preaching to you today on an Easter Sunday in 2023 uh, that this world that we see and we witness, uh, it will pass away. But the kingdom that I'm preaching about today, it shall never pass away. Because there is a king. Oh, because his name is Jesus. Because he came. He bore our sins on Calvary. He went to the grave and was resurrected on that third day. The king is coming. The power of the resurrection we find in Isaiah is coming. So the children of Israel were always looking, as they do today, for the returning Messiah. This Messiah that would save them. The Messiah that would come. They also looked for this power of resurrection. The prophet of old declared, the king is coming. And that power of resurrection, defeating death, is coming as well. The king didn't just come to, to set up a kingdom, as I was saying. We find in Isaiah 53 and 5... Isaiah again records these words. He was for our transgressions. I want to let that sink in just for... I want you to understand something today. No amount of money, no amount of things, no amount of service uh, can wash your sins away. Uh, I'm here to declare by the word of God, not by my word, uh, but by the word that stands forever, that there's nothing but the blood uh, of Jesus uh, that can wash away your sins you and I we were separated from God but we find through the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit through that offering of the only begotten son that came to this earth and gave freely to us we see that in this moment he didn't just come he came to save us Jesus spoke these words when he said I didn't come to build a kingdom but I came to what seek and to save them that are lost he was wounded for our transgressions Isaiah prophesied he was bruised for our iniquities that that word transgression means sin that that word iniquity means our internal wars our internal fights that something like a bruise that you can see on the outside but the damage is so deep on the inside he didn't just come to save your outer skin he came to save all of you inside of you and want to heal your deep wounds 
your religious wounds, your family wounds, your wounds that have so easily beset you and caused you to maybe look in other directions for your healing and your peace. Today, God is reminding us here, if you are here today, if you're joining us online today, God is a God of peace because it says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. That word chastisement there in the Old Testament means this, the entirety of what he experienced. The stripes were for our peace. The, uh, the bruises were for our peace. The crown of thorns were for our peace. The stripes on his back were for our peace. He didn't just die that I could be healed. He did that. He didn't just die so that I could rid myself of sin. He did that. He came that I might have peace. My question is, how is your peace today? How is it working for you? Are you in the midst of peace in the middle of storms? Or are you uh, dependent on your own arm that you could save yourself? I'm here to declare that no one can save you but Jesus Christ and his power of resurrection. He was wounded and by his stripes we are healed. How many believe that by his stripes we are healed? I feel to do this. I didn't have this in my notes, but I'm going to tell you something. We've had so many notable miracles in this building in the last couple months. Pastor Doug Swafford was delivered from cancer. They saw it one day, it was gone the next. If you had cancer, you'd be rejoicing today. The resurrection, that's what I'm talking about. The power of God in the resurrection. Ah, the young man that plays our drums, uh, he was in the hospital. They, uh, he had an asthma attack, the most severe he had ever had. And he was in a buried trial for his life. But today he played the drums and God has healed him and touched him and given Amon strength and healing. I don't know about you, but I think you ought to praise God like you were Amon today. Chantel, Chantel, where are you at? Chantel, uh, he testified last week. He has had lupus his whole life. He's a young man, about 30 years old, did a singing, dancing up here this morning. And I'm going to tell you that he got a report from the University of Michigan in his hand that said, your, your lupus is entirely in remission, that we see no signs of lupus. And by his stripes, you are healed. Do you want your healing? Come on, throw your hands in the air and say, Lord, touch me right now. Woo! Hallelujah! Ah, you see, Chantel has a little baby boy. He's a, a beautiful little butterball, and we love him so much. Uh, but he was born with they thought was a tumor in his brain. Uh, he was having struggles and issues uh, uh, with his cognitive stuff. Uh, and we gathered, uh, a bunch of us gathered at this church. We stood right here in this circle. We anointed him. We held hands. Uh, we had declared victory in his life. Uh, he went that day, uh, and that day the doctor said, uh, "Yeah, see here, here's the bubble. Uh, here Here's the spot, uh, and now we don't see it anymore. It's not there, you know. Mm. This happened last month. Uh, this happened today. Uh, your miracle is right now. Uh, 
God is in the healing business. He told me yesterday that he said, "Yes, hey, Pastor, they're gonna. Ha we have to go back in June. They want to verify what God has already done." Uh, I can't wait. You know why? Because God is here, uh, and He is with us, uh, and He is going before us. Say. Pastor, you're awful excited. You would be too if God healed your body and set you free from disease. You see, we believe the part where it says he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. But we struggle with the and with his stripes or by his stripes we are healed. I'm here to declare healing. When we get done with this, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to invite, if you need healing today, the Holy Ghost is in the house and God is here and we're going to anoint you. My elders are going to help me. My elders are going to help me. And we're going to, if you want prayer today, do not leave this building because uh, what if uh, I said what if uh, just what if uh, you knock this time uh, and God comes and he does what he said he would do oh come on give the Lord a praise right now he's worthy mm. someone shout he came to save me <laughs> someone else shout he came to heal me <laughs> You see, the king has a name. <laughs> Uh, the Jews said before Abraham was uh, our father is Abraham Jesus said before Abraham was I am uh, there was a place in time where we learned the name of this king the Messiah had a name uh, and because we know in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 it says now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold wise men came from the east and came to Jerusalem saying this this is what they said where is he who has been born king of the Jews we're not here for Herod we're not here for anybody else but we saw his star and we're here for the one that will lay down his life for a friend we're here for the one that will take stripes that we can be healed we're here because there is a king among us and his name is Jesus someone shout Jesus Jesus reminded in Matthew 21 and verse 5 Jesus in his ministry later would remind the disciples and the multitude that the king is coming last Sunday we had an amazing service with Bishop Baker and we celebrated Palm Sunday it was on that celebration that we celebrated the entrance of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem as it was prophesied Matthew 21 and verse 5 he tells, Jesus tells this multitude and his disciples, read it with me in verse 5. He says, and tell the daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you. <laughs> He's lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt and the foal of a donkey. Jesus declares, I have not revealed myself as of yet, but the king is coming. I want somebody to realize you may not know Jesus as your personal savior, your Lord and king. You may not know him as the one that brought you out. You don't even know you've been purchased yet. You don't even know that you're saved yet. But God is going to help you realize if I can obey God's 
word and I can repent of my sins and I can be washed in the name of Jesus in that baptismal and I can lift my hands can I get a witness right now and I can say Lord fill me with your Holy Spirit speaking with other tongues it's in your life you have the power to respond to the resurrection today the resurrection was for you it was for me and your king is here for you your king is here in the building waiting for you for me not only did Jesus remind his disciples but we find that those same people he was speaking to this multitude of people the Israelites the Jewish people there in Jerusalem they had religious people oh, someone shout amen I'm not here to bang on religion, but religion has failed this world. But Jesus Christ will never fail this world. How many know that Jesus is the reason we're here? How many know that, yeah, these four walls, oh, they don't contain him. They do not contain the name of Jesus as we lift it up. It goes out of here. It is a blessing. It is what God is desiring of us to lift him up so that he can draw all men unto him. It's later that in Luke 19 we find the people of Jerusalem declared him king. They were excited. The day had come. We know that Jesus told his disciples to go find a donkey for me. And, and they did. And they brought him. And they laid the palms and their coats in the street. Uh, and they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna. One day they were all in. The next day, though, they seemed to not be so all in. It's interesting how moments will change you based huh, on the spirit you allow to affect you. We find it says in verse 38 of Luke 19, blessed is the king who what? Comes in the name of the Lord. Here it is. Peace in heaven and glory to the high. There's that word again. Peace in heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm encountering a world that's full of chaos and not peace. But Jesus came that you might have peace. Someone shout, I need peace today. How many are tired of the chaos today? But in John 19, we find this same group of people, they denied him and crucified him. We find that in verse 15 of John 19, that it says, but they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. I want you to think about what he said. Instead of saying, he is our king and our Messiah. He made a declaration before the people that we would rather serve an earthly king than the heavenly king. In verse 16 it says, And he delivered him to them to be crucified. And they what? took Jesus and led him away. Last Friday, this past couple nights ago, we celebrated his death. And so today I'm not going to talk a lot about that, but I'm going to tell you something. The crucifixion was a gruesome thing. The crucifixion was something that no man should ever have to endure. But the Bible says he endured the cross for your and my salvation. The Bible says that he opened not his mouth, that he took what the Father put in his cup. 
let this cup pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, what? Not my will, but thy will be done. When they crucified him, they wrote over his head, King of the Jews. Someone shout, King of the Jews. But his word, God's word, was true. How many know that God's word is sure and amen? How many of you know that God's word is unequivocal and absolute? We know that in that third day, as it was prophesied of old, in that third day, as Jesus had reminded his disciples, in that third day, uh, a lot can happen in three days, ladies and gentlemen. And on Matthew 28 and 5 it says, But the angels answered and said to the woman, Said to the woman, what? Do not, what? Be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. The Bible says in verse 6, the angel says, he is not here. Oh, come on somebody. He is not where man laid him. He has a promise in your life. And where you think he ought to be, he may not be there, but I promise you, he's at the point of your resurrection. If you'll get up from where you think you ought to be, or think it ought to be. I know we have disappointments with God because we have plans and we have wills, but God is challenging us as the church body to set aside our plans and our will in our way uh, and find out where he is. If he's not here, then where is he? Uh, I want to know, and this is what the angel said, for he is risen. Someone shout, he is risen. Ah, here's the important part. As he said, hear me today. He said, I will rise. And the angel reminds the disciples that he's not here because his word is true. He is risen. He said he would, and he has. And then the angel offers proof. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. I'm here to preach to somebody. You need to come and see an empty tomb today. You need to come and see where they laid him because he's not there because he is alive the king is alive and he's well he is in a place of authority he's in a place where he can be your strength and your help someone shout the king is alive i don't know where you might be today whether you're joining us online or in the room in person i do know this though that god is here to speak to somebody Hear me today when I tell you this. We find in these last days, revelations points a direction, a prophetic word in chapter 17 and verse 14. And this is what it says of the enemies of God. These will make war with the Lamb. The Lamb being Jesus Christ. And the Lamb will overcome them. Someone shout, He will overcome them. Uh, I want you to shout it like you believe it. He will overcome them. How many believe we have a God that will overcome anything and everything? Ah, uh, he overcame death. He overcame disease. He overcame sin. We find that it is here in these last days that we are reminded that these will, 
Don't be despaired when you, saw it, when you see and feel a world, a culture, a whatever it might be outside that seems to be at war with the Lamb because the Lamb will overcome them. Your job is not to go to war with the people. Your job and my job is to love the people. That's my job, to show them what Jesus did for me. God will take care of all of that other stuff. So today's resurrection story is about me learning if he said the first time that he was coming, if Isaiah prophesied that he was coming, and if Isaiah said that there's a resurrection coming, and it came to pass, someone shout, it came to pass. It came to pass. What am I or who am I to think that his word about his second coming is any different than the word about his first coming? I got news, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus is coming again. The king is on his way. There is a king and he is on his way. The second coming of Christ is as real as the first coming of Christ. The second resurrection is as real as the first resurrection spoken of. It's here that we look and see that there is a prophetic utterance that went forth and was fulfilled. And there is another prophetic utterance waiting to be fulfilled. Jesus is coming again. As I said a moment ago, my job and your job is to what? Love one another. Come on, shout it with me. Love one another another do not let the world around us divide us do not let the world let us be banners uh, for the name of Jesus under the banner of Jesus Christ and know that we need each other come on say it with me we need each other uh, in this last hour someone needs to encourage you someone needs to encourage me someone needs to say ah, when you are weak he is strong uh, come on be strong in the Lord in the power of his might recognize that the resurrection is about you and your life you see as you are freed from sin the baptismal tank is a beautiful picture and a command that we learn about as I close this morning we learn from that baptismal tank back there someone asked me is that well, baptize a child and they asked me is that is this special water and I said well it comes out of the Detroit River and it comes through yucca plant and from the yucca plant it comes to our building and then through the hose it goes into that a baptismal tank you see that water is just water it's H2O but there's something different about that water when we say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ In the name of Lord Jesus Christ. That water becomes something greater. Now that water is more than just getting wet. It's saving power. It's the power of the resurrection. Pastor, how is that related to the... Oh, I'm glad you asked how it's related to the resurrection. Uh, Paul writes to us in Romans and says uh, that if I'm not buried with him in baptism, uh, that I cannot rise to new life with him uh, in the last day. Uh, there is uh, there is a water that is flowing and it's baptismal waters. It's waters of the Holy Spirit. That's why we baptize. That's why we do the things that we do 
as a part of the resurrection. Because when I baptize you or one of the pastors baptize you and you go under the water, it's as if you're being buried. It's as if all your sins are being washed away as they are. And when I bring you up, it's your resurrection unto new life. It's your resurrection unto a place with God. It's a new thing. Every person I have ever baptized that I can remember has said to me, I feel so different. I feel so changed. Can I get a witness in the house? So the resurrection is about the eradication of sin that separates us from God. We practice that resurrection all the time through our act of bapt baptism and infilling of the Holy Spirit. We walk with God and He reveals Himself to us day by day. Understand that He is going to overcome all of His enemies. <laughs> He's going to overcome because he is the Lord of Lords. What does it say? And the King of Kings. And, and who and those who are with him. Someone shout, I'm with him. Are called chosen and faithful. You're chosen and faithful. Perfect? No way. Neither am I. But I am chosen and I am faithful. <laughs> the power of the resurrection allows me to be human and saved all at the same time. Not because I can walk in my own sin. No, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, God forbid, Paul writes. But he says there is a grace that is so amazing. It runs so hard after you. His mercy will go to the ends of the earth for you. You, you need to try God's grace and his mercy. You say, but I can't live perfect. There's not one perfect person in here. Can I say amen? Can anybody else agree in Jesus' name that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? But today, someone shout today. You can have a resurrection. <laughs> you can be raised to new life. You can be raised to a new life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Resurrection Sunday is every Sunday. Resurrection Sunday gives us hope. Resurrection Sunday, Easter, reminds us of where God brought us from and where we are going. The King, someone shout the King. The King is alive. The King is alive. Can you stand with me right now? Can you just, if you feel led to do so, guests feel no pressure here, but if you feel led to do so, can you slip a hand up and just say, Lord... I need the power of your resurrection in my life. Come on, speak it out loud. Lord, I need you today. I need your love. I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. I need the hope that you have to offer me. I need the things that you have for my life. Come on, that's it. Just say a little prayer. Come on, that's it. In Jesus' name. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Thank you, Jesus. The altar, the Father's arms are open. Oh, forgiveness. The precious blood. 
So this morning as we celebrate the risen King, as we celebrate the one who has come to give us life and life more abundantly, I'm going to invite you from wherever you are, step out in faith. The Bible says in Hebrews that he is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek him. This morning, I'm going to invite some families to seek him together. I'm going to invite some men to come and seek him. I'm going to invite some, some women to come and seek the face of God. Because we know that it's in him. That's where we live. That's where we move. That's where we have our being. It's through the power of the resurrection. It's through the power of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to invite you to come. We've got some elders here that are happy to pray with you. You're happy to come and pray at the altar. But don't leave today the same way you came. Because the one who died for it all, the one who rose again that we might have life, is available this morning. He is here this morning to meet every one of your needs. So this morning I'm going to invite you to come from wherever you are and let the power of God be on display in your life. God bless you as you come from wherever you are.